Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and I'm right away, go. We in beating airwaves. Cool. Yes, yes, y'all. Once, once again, my apologies for starting the show off on a late note, but nonetheless, we are here. Uh, it is your man, GM Cool, and welcome to yet another edition of Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! That we are live on the airwaves of MaximumFM.ca, and we are getting the, start, the show started right now. Uh, we have a lot to discuss on tonight's show. First and foremost, I will be handling things on the solo dolo tip. But nonetheless, we will be talking about this Drake versus Kid Cudi feud. We will be talking about Childish Gambino landing a huge role in a huge movie, of course. And then we're going to talk about Kevin Gates um, and his girlfriend getting mad at the police for a certain reason that we'll dive into later on in the show. But before we get to all that, man, I got some stuff to get off my chest you already know how i do with this portion of the show and this one is entitled let that ish breathe let this bitch breathe yeah i feel like jay and Nasha should collaborate once again for yet another song but anyways i'll leave that for later on um so yeah lots to talk about tonight man uh first and foremost shout out to the toronto raptors right now uh, they are just playing in our backyard basically over at max and um they are uh playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, as most of you ball fans know. And I'm just checking my phone for an update on the score right now in case you're not tuning in. Uh, so the update, it's showing... I don't think this is the right score, but... Oh, here we go. All right, now I just updated. Ooh, it's neck and neck right now. 66 to 65, third quarter, a minute 22 remaining in the game. Um, so if you guys aren't watching that right now, but you're still listening to me, I thank you and I appreciate that, and I will keep you updated with the scores. If you're multitasking, kudos to you. It's always going to be ambidextrous. And if you're at the game or just watching the game in general, it's all good. Y'all can listen to this later. But if you're still listening, just listen now, please, because, you know, I love the live viewership. It's always appreciated. <laughs> but nonetheless, I digress. Um, another thing that's happening this weekend, as we all know, end of October, so you know what that means. Halloween. Halloween is going down this Monday, actually, for the kids, rather. But this weekend, hmm, us people who are 19 plus, uh, it's about time to get some shenanigans. I'm not even talking about the younger, the, the younger adults either. Some of the older adults, they get down as well. You know, they do their own things. But nonetheless, Halloween is a time for, I would say, all ages, to be honest. Because I remember back when I was in high school, for me, personally, Halloween kind of died down a bit for me. I remember there was even one year, I think I was like 16 years old, and I was actually giving out candy. So I was kind of like on the other side of the fence, so to speak. And I thought once you hit like 13, 14, like Halloween's basically done, right? Because people in your age group are probably going to tease you for like going trick-or-treating, whatever. You don't really know about anyone having any cool Halloween parties, whatever. You're just kind of in like that neutral phase. But then when you get legal and you're off in college or university or whatever, and the turn-up crowd is totally different, you start experiencing the much more wild side of Halloween. And you're like, oh, so this is what Halloween is really like. This is how people really get down. 
talking about trick or treat. Hell, I want the trick and the treat. What you trying to show me right now? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely a totally different ball game. This is basically going from Pee Wee to AAA, basically. So shout out to everyone who is going to be celebrating Halloween. And if you're not celebrating Halloween, eh, to each his own, right? Now, speaking of which, there are the people out there who refuse to celebrate Halloween because of you know, religious purposes, you know, basically saying it's related to the devil, it's the devil's night, we're celebrating Satan's birthday, and it kind of gets caught in propaganda, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, the whole commercialization of Halloween is made to be spooky and and haunting and and what have you. A lot of horror flicks come out around this time, Um, some iconic ones like The Exorcist or uh, Friday the 13th have come out around this time as well. So I think that's where the whole, you know, deviant notion of Halloween comes from. For me personally, it's just a night for everyone to let loose, let their guard down, have fun, and live in a world of fantasy for at least one night. And they can dress up as whomever they want to be. Some people dress up as their favorite superheroes from when they from when they were growing up. Some people like to dress up as their favorite recording artists. Some people want to dress up as something a bit ironic to, to try and show off their personality. And, you know, there are some people who want to dress up as something, like, obscene to kind of, like, show off, um, show off, you know, the thoughts that they would like to uh, articulate but might get judged for it, if so. So they use a costume as their way to do it. And, you know, some people like it, some people don't. But, hey, it's your night. You do what you want. You know what I mean? I mean, last year, I dressed up as, you know, my favorite pro wrestler of all time, which is The Rock. And so I had to get all the lingo down and all that stuff. So that was me, you know. Um, But I encourage anyone, everyone, to at least try Halloween once, basically. And do it in an environment that you're comfortable with. So if you're not really comfortable in the whole nightlife scene, don't go to a club, basically. But if you know somebody who's having, like, a Halloween get-together at their house or whatever, everyone's just kind of chilling around, eating hors d'oeuvres and all that, and people are just socializing but in, like, their full-out garb, then by all means, do that. I think that's a cute way to, you know, start things off for you and then see what you like and then kind of go from there. Now, one thing I will mention about Halloween costumes is um, if you're dressing up as someone of a different race or culture. Now, this is where things get really tricky. And this is where you start to walk a very thin line. So I would ask anyone who is deciding to dress up as someone of a different race or culture, be very, very careful you can do it but if you do do it it may be in poor taste depending on what you're doing so i'll give you an example of something that you can do that would be well within you know good favor so let's say you're a white guy and you want to dress up as jay-z all you have to do to dress up as jay-z is literally dress like jay-z so you, if you want to go for the early 2000s look of Jay-Z with the blazer and, like, the, the white tee under it with the jeans, you know, some air white Nikes or some S-Dots, if you want to be more specific, and with, like, a Yankees cap tilted to the side, then by all means do that. That is Jay-Z right there in a nutshell. But you don't have to paint your skin, like, brown or, you know, accentuate the size of your lips by adding an extra color to it. Don't do that because then you're just doing blackface, and that's not cool. You don't want to do blackface. You will get your ass beat by some people who are very unruly. So please don't go to that extent, all right? Um, now, as far as dressing up as someone of a different race in general, like if you want to dress up as someone who's like Native American or you want to dress up as someone who's Asian and you're going to dress up in their traditional garb, again, very thin line, 
very thin line. I would tread lightly on that. I'm not going to say, no, don't do it, but I would say be prepared for the repercussions depending on how you accentuate that costume because sometimes it can be in good taste and then sometimes you kind of look like a douchebag for doing it, all right? And then one thing, one final thing I'll say before we go to another commercial break um, I know the ladies, they kind of like, like, they sometimes like to dress up very sexy in, in their, in their uh, Halloween costumes. And I say, let them do it. Let them do it. Do not call them whores for doing it. Do not slut shame them. Do not shame them at all. Because at the end of the day, you get to dress up as whatever you want. Now, some outfits like dressing up in blackface, for example, may be in poor taste. But if somebody wants to dress up as, as like a sexy nurse or as a sexy cop, do not shame them for it. At the end of the day, they came to the same establishment as you for a reason. That was to have fun. Now, if they're the type of people, and I'm just talking about people in general, who are going to stand up and pose up at the bar or whatever, and then, you know, just wait to be noticed or wait to have a camera, uh, you know, take their picture or whatever, then bun you. But at the end of the day, no matter how, how, you know, how you're dressed as far as your Halloween outfit is concerned, if you came to have fun, just pure, unadulterated fun, then that's all that we ask. That's all that we ask. So I implore you all to have a happy Halloween this year and many years as well. Um, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we have got to talk about today's generation of booty rappers, okay? Uh, I'm going to get into all of it. I'm going to get into why there's so many of them. I'm going to get into how there were plenty of them back in the golden era of hip-hop as well. And we're going to bring it all together. But before we do that, we got to go to one rapper who is definitely not booty. And I'm talking about my man from the 905, my man Audrick Rose. And this one is entitled Over Everything. Keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yep. Over Everything, that is a live-ass track from my man Audrick Rose. Um... Most definitely, you guys are back with the coolest dude on the scene. Uh, your man, DM Cool, with another edition of Cool Radio. Uh, update on the Raptors game right now, because I'm giving you some uh, play-by-play right now. Uh, update right now, it is 76-75 Cleveland. Fourth quarter, 927 left in the game. Hopefully, our Raptors can... Uh, Pull this one off because this would be a huge statement. I think it's on national television in America right now on ESPN. So uh, hopefully our Raptors will pull it out uh, to get us off to a 2-0 start into the season. But nonetheless, let's get things started with our next topic of the night, shall we? So I want to talk about this epidemic that we are somewhat having with a lot of trendy and gimmicky rappers of this generation, basically. So... You guys already know what it is, man. You got guys out here like Young Thug, Designer, Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Yachty, 21 Savage, I think his name is. Like, all, a lot of these, like, trappy, trappy, McCrappy guys coming out who really don't really have a grasp on the history of hip-hop, who don't have a basic understanding of it. They just kind of see it as a cash grab. Now, I give them props for, you know, being noticed and being discovered and, you know, making profit off of it that's fine but at the same time i feel like you got to have respect and understanding for the art form you don't have to do the same style that you know people before you were doing but at the same time you can't just go into a radio station for example the djs ask you to freestyle they give you a beat and then you say to them you don't want to use that beat because it's some old ass beat or whatever because it makes you 
come across as bourgeoisie, makes you come across as somebody who's somewhat of a spoiled brat with a silver spoon in their mouth. It's just not a good look. So anyways, let me uh, go back to, I think it was sometime in the spring when XXL put out their annual freshman cover. It was either the spring or the summertime, one of those two. And this is a time of the year where a lot of people anxiously wait to see who's up next in hip-hop. Who should we look out for? Whose album should we buy or at least stream or whatever the case may be? So we saw the cover, and the cover was less than inspiring, to say the least. With the exception of Lil Dicky, um, Anderson Pack, and, and uh, oh, what is this guy's name? Oh, my gosh, it is escaping my mind. Dave East, with the exception of those three, the rest of the list... It, it, I'm sorry, man. It was basically trash. It was basically trash. It was a lot of gimmicky rappers. Rappers who are here today and gone tomorrow just because of the fact that they're living off of a, of a fad, basically. So it's almost like crunky music, for example. When you get had guys like Trillville and, and uh, Lil Scrappy and all these guys. But the moment Crunk died... Their careers died with it as well. And I feel like it's going to be the same for these guys once the trap phase starts to fade away, basically. They're all going to be gone, which is why I don't really have a, I don't have a major problem with these guys. But at the same time, I feel like these guys are everywhere. And half the time when someone tells me, oh, did you hear that song from Lil Uzi Vert? I'm like, who the hell is that? And I heard a sound bite from, from one of those guys. I think it was Lil Yachty. And I'm just like, this is what the kids are listening to now? This is garbage. So I don't want to sound like old man River talking about get off of my lawn. But I think it's important to know that these guys can't be looked at as the standard bearers of today's generation of hip-hop. I think a lot of people who are very casual about hip-hop, they need to pay attention to guys like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, and heck, say what you want to say about Drake, but Drake as well, because he's killing it out here. Um, But with that being said, however... There's also this notion that we never had any booty rappers uh, during the 90s or the 80s. And I'm here to tell you that that is false. The only difference between that period and this period is the fact that whether you're a booty rapper or you're an actually skilled rapper, there's equal opportunity for radio play. So in one moment, you could hear MC Hammer... And then the next moment, you could hear Redman. But in this day and age of radio and streaming and what have you, it seems like the options are very tilted in the, I won't say wrong direction, but in an uneven direction, basically. So you're going to hear a lot more of your trendy rappers than you are of your more thought-provoking, uh, versatile rappers, basically. You're more likely to hear a little Uzi Vert or 21 Savage on the radio than you will a J. Cole or a Logic, for example, because of the fact that their music is trendy and it's what's in right now versus what those guys do, which will last you know a longer lifetime. And you listen to them more for their albums and less for their singles. These guys are just single singles rappers. They're just here for their ringtone money, and that's it, basically. Now, going back to the time period of like the 80s and the 90s, there were some not-so-good rappers, man. I mean, you look at the guys who made Rump Shaker. That was their only hit. But you're going to tell me that because they released that in that time period that they should be regarded as someone who was part of that Golden Age era? No, you're not, because at the end of the day, that was the music 
of their time that would be considered ratchet in today's era. So I think people really need to understand that. Also, and I'm probably going to get crucified for saying this, but I'm going to say certain rappers weren't that good, okay? So first and foremost, two live crew, I think we can all come to agreement that they weren't really that good. Vanilla Ice wasn't that good, all right? Uh, MC Hammer wasn't that good. Now, here's where I might get lynched. Too Short. I don't think Too Short was that good, to be honest. I just think that he was a guy who had a lot of street credibility from where he was from because of the fact that there weren't too many rappers coming out of Oakland during that late 80s, early 90s period. So he gets a pass because of street credibility, in my, in my opinion. Ice-T wasn't that good of a rapper either. He, was, he had a similar background to Too Short, just a, a pimp, basically, the, like talking about the pimp lifestyle and, and what have you. He never had any thought-provoking bars. He never had any double entendre bars. He never really told that creative of a story. He, the most he had was shock value, especially when he released that song, Cop Killer, which was semi-political. So that can kind of give him credit for it because he was actually attacking an issue that was happening within that time period, which was police brutality. Um, so I give him a pass on that. But I think a lot of people give him a pass because of street credibility, but also because of the fact that he does have an understanding of the roots of hip hop and where it all started and who's uplifting the culture. So people give him a pass on that standpoint. But I will say that he's a good actor. I'm not going to take that away from him. But as a rapper... There's other rappers that I listen to in front of him. So, anyways, all I'm trying to say is that every era, or I like to say, I like to separate the eras by decades, you know, personally for me, but every decade has their crop of really good rappers and their crop of not so good ones either. And I think it's really important to remember that, especially for a lot of the older heads who are from that golden era of rap who say, oh, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be. Hip-hop used to be real. Hip used to make you feel something. Guys, give it a rest already. Give it a rest. Like, there are plenty of artists in today's generation that you can still listen to. And the thing that I keep saying to people is, if you're mad at what's on radio then don't listen to mainstream radio. Because at the end of the day, mainstream radio is only going to give you the top 100 hits, basically. And because we live in an era where you can stream on demand, you can pick and choose who you want to listen to, when you want to listen to. Streaming sites such as Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, Tidal, they have made it possible for people to listen to music on their own free will at any given time rather than having to wait on the hour for the hour for their favorite song to come on. I mean, why do you think shows like TRL and 106 and Park are no longer existent? Why having to wait for an hour and 30 minutes to see if your favorite video went number one on today's countdown when you can just go on YouTube and watch that video ad nauseum? Watch it till your eyes fall out, basically. So that's why I really don't... I really, me personally, I don't get upset when I don't hear something on the radio because me personally, and very ironic of me to say this because of my position, I don't listen to mainstream radio often to begin with anyway because I know I'm not going to hear what I want to hear. I'll say this. It's to the point where if I'm, you know, riding, you know, uh, with my friend or whatever and we happen to hear, let's say, All Right from Kendrick Lamar, I'll be shocked. I'll be like, wow, they're playing this right now on this station? Okay, let's rock out to it for a minute. But, yeah, that's just me personally. Um, so I think people need to relax uh, because at the end of the day, there's a lot more artists that you can just dig for. It's not, it's not hard to find good music. Uh, there's plenty of people out in the blogosphere who will recommend a good artist for you depending on your taste. And one thing that I always noticed is I always hate it, absolutely hate it, when I hear people say, 
oh, well, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole are just overrated because they just stand out in an era where there's a lot of really crap rappers. I couldn't be further from the truth. It's absolutely false. J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar have more skills as a rapper than Jay-Z and Nas did when they first started. And that's because of the fact that you're talking about like a 20, a 20-year gap between the two. Because let's say for Nas, for example, he got his first record deal in 1991, and he was, I think, uh, 17 at the time. And hip-hop at that time was only a decade old, roughly, at that. Like, I think maybe 13 years at best at that point. So the, a lot of the skills and the mechanics of rap hadn't really been integrated at that time yet. So you, they're still learning on the fly of what styles to integrate and what have you. Whereas Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole have had a 20-year advantage because there's been so many advancements in the art of rap. Therefore, their flows and their cadence sound a bit different. It sounds a little more nuanced and advanced. And if you look at someone like Kendrick, for example, this guy has four critically acclaimed albums to his name already. And not many artists can say that in their first in their first run of sh- or a string of albums, basically. So for people to say that it's it's just ignorant. It's just it's just a sign that they're still stuck in their ways, basically. They don't want to let go of the old times, but they have to realize that there are still artists who are, who are still upholding those principles that they still hold near and dear to their heart. They're just doing it in a different fashion, and they may not be used to that because, again, they're not allowing themselves to open up their ears. But those are probably the same guys who will probably listen to like a Joey Badass or something, which is totally fine because Joey Badass is dope. But nonetheless, I think people just need to open up their minds because there are plenty of great artists out there who are a part of this generation that will definitely, you know, cater to their audio senses, so to speak. So overall, my thing is this. It's not the fact that artists of this generation as a whole need to step up. There's, there's a whole crop of good ones and there's a whole crop of bad ones. It's just the fact that radio, mainstream radio itself, they are the ones that need to step up. They are the ones who need to bring parity and balance back to the airways because you can't play 80% crap rappers and then 20% good rappers. No, at least make it 50-50 so that everyone has their fair share of what they want to listen to. But I know mainstream radio is not going to do that, and I'm not mad at them for doing that because at the end of the day, they want to make their money. They want to make sure they're playing the number one hits, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the case may be. That's why we have streaming sites so that we can listen to it on demand. But at the end of the day, let's not blame the artists as a whole. You know, artists of this generation, they're not as good as, as our generation. Da, 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 da. No, your beef is with the radio, not the artists. Do not blame the drone. Blame the machine. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, we have to get into Trip Talk. We're going to get into Drake versus Cuddy. We're going to get into Gambino and some Star Wars action and a whole lot more. So keep it locked. But before we do that, we got to play a single from my man Brooks. This one's entitled Do, only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. It is your man DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Once again, that was my man Brooks with Do. And. A latest update on the uh, Raptors-Cavs game right now. Uh, it is currently 85-83 Cavaliers with 4.45 left 
in the fourth quarter right now. So hopefully our boys from the north can take care of business at home. Nonetheless, it is time for Trip Talk. Three topics in three minutes. We're going to get to it right now. So first topic on the list, man. We got to talk about my man Childish Gambino. Now, this guy is busy with a whole bunch of things right now. If he's not doing stand-up, he's doing TV writing. If he's not doing TV writing, he's doing music. If he's not doing TV, or sorry, if he's not doing music, pardon me, then he is acting. Right now, he's currently on a stretch of his uh, latest series titled Atlanta, which has gotten critical acclaim. I've yet to watch another episode. Mainly because I am waiting until the season's done so I can binge watch it. Uh, but nonetheless, he's killing that right now. And he is uh, making very good use of his Disney con- connections because he is set to play the role of Lando in an upcoming Star Wars film that is most likely going to be a prequel because it's going to be centered around uh, the younger days of the character of Han Solo. And so if you guys don't remember... The character Lando was played by Billy D. Williams in Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he, accept this ro- how he accepts this role. Uh, but what I like about it the most is the fact that Gambino is actually going to get some more shine. Um, I feel like Gambino is semi-mainstream, if you can call it. He definitely has a cult following of all the uh, endeavors he's been a part of. And I feel as though... He has a different audience for everything. So for the people who stay in tune with him for his stand-up comedy may not be the same people who listen to his music. Same people who listen to his music may not be the same people who watch Community. Same people who watch Community may not be the same people who watch Atlanta. So I think he has like different pockets of fans in each uh, I guess, endeavor that he takes, which is a good look. But being in Star Wars is going to open him up to a large audience and possibly, quite possibly, his largest largest audience to date because Star Wars is one of the biggest, if not the biggest movie franchise in cinematic history. It's up there with James Bond. It's up there with The Godfather. It's up there with a lot of them, but it's definitely up there. It's up. It's within the upper echelon. So for him to be a part of that is a major look, to say the least. So good for Gambino. Proud of him. And can't wait to see what comes out of that role. And hopefully he'll kill it. May the force be with him, most definitely. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? Hit me up on Twitter, DM underscore cool, cool underscore radio. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, Next on the list, man, we got to talk about the Satanist, (laughs) Kevin Gates. For real, that guy scares the crap out of me. Uh, But nonetheless, this guy was sentenced to 80 or 180 days in prison uh, after an incident during one of his concerts where he allegedly kicked a woman off the stage and the woman uh, alleged to have, you know, symptoms of dizziness and what have you. Now, his wife uh, was upset at the verdict because she was explaining how in the video he didn't even make contact with the woman in question. So I took a look at the video, and basically it was a video of Gates kicking at the girl, but he didn't actually make contact with her. She actually backed away. So when I saw the video, I said, hmm, Gates' wife actually has a point because no contact seemed to be made. And during her explanation on social media, mind you, she was basically saying how the girl in question uh, was acting as if she was having trouble breathing or what have you, yet she still stayed in the club for the remainder of the night. And so I understand where she's coming from because if you had symptoms of, you know, uh, trouble having having trouble breathing rather or if you're feeling dizzy or if you felt as if you want to faint or something to that extent then the smart thing to do would be to leave that club or that environment in general 
and be taken to the emergency room immediately to see if there are any other symptoms that may lead to something more, much more serious. But instead, they stayed at the club and they continue to have fun, which makes no sense to me whatsoever uh, if they were trying to argue otherwise. So she has every right to be angry and upset about that. And it could look like it's a case of possible racial profiling, you know, the fact that he's a rapper, therefore there's a stereotype that comes with that. So she has every right to be upset, and I, for one, I kind of agree with her. I'm not really on the side of Kevin Gates for the most part, especially when you consider the fact that he was sleeping with his cousin for the longest time. I don't know if his wife is the cousin in question, but I definitely agree where she's coming from. I mean, video doesn't lie. So if you're looking at the video and the wit or the uh, the alleged victim is saying one thing, but the video is saying something completely and entirely different, then who are we who are we to trust? This guy says the video. But clearly the judge or whomever thinks otherwise. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think she has a right to be angry or upset about that? Let me know. Once again, Twitter, DM underscore cool, cool underscore radio. And final topic, and this one I've been meaning to get up for the longest time. So, Drake went on a warpath earlier this week when he, when he released a new single on SoundCloud and Apple Music and OVO Sound Radio, basically. And in the song, he went at Pusha T. Finally! Because Pusha T has been sending shots at this guy for years now, and Drake hasn't really said anything about it. So, Drake sent some shots at Pusha T's way and basically called him out for being a studio and gangster and talking about how he was never really living that drug pusher life and how he just created it and fabricate, fabricated it in his songs, which is a pretty hefty accusation, seeing how Pusha T has made a career off of it ever since 2002. So, he not only sent shots at Pusha T, but also more controversially, Kid Cudi. He basically said in the line, uh, you used to be a man on the moon, but now you're going through phases. So almost sounds as if he's taking shots at his you know, drug addictions and what have you. Because it was recently uh, made to the public that Kid Cudi has now admitted himself to rehab for suicidal depression, which I explained earlier on, uh, on an earlier broadcast, rather. So he made that declaration. However, I feel like people are missing the points in noting that Kid Cudi was the first person to take shots in all this because Cuddy made shots towards Drake and Kanye West about his alleged ghostwriting. And he's now the umpteenth rapper slash person to make those accusations towards Drake. It seems to be like everyone's favorite pastime nowadays, but hey, say la vie. Anyways, I think another point that people are missing is the fact that we don't know when Drake recorded this song. He may have recorded it right after Drake or uh, Kid Cudi made those accusations, and then he left it on pause for a while for whatever reason, and then he's just now releasing it. So it could be the issue of bad timing. Now, for all the people who are upset at Drake for you know kicking a man while he's down, so to speak, I get it. I understand because depression is a hot button topic in today's society, especially when we just uh, celebrated. Mental Illness aware, Awareness Week, basically. That was not too long ago, two, three weeks ago, roughly. I remember I had uh, the Lifted by Purpose movement in my studio discussing that a few weeks back. So I get it. The timing could be a bit off, and people are upset about that. And because of that, they it's a bit more subjective where their anger is coming from. And I'm not knocking them for that. They have every right to feel angry. But from the perspective of battle rap and beef, so to speak, Sad to say, but anything goes in battle rap. 
I think the only thing that should be held off limits are children and death, like people who have died. So if you're gonna just somebody who died, that's kind of low low balling it because they're not in a position to defend themselves. And a lot of people are saying, well. Cuddy's not in the position to defend himself because he's currently in doing a rehab stint. However, uh, last I think it was yesterday actually, uh, yesterday or sometime this week rather, Kid Cuddy responded back to Drake saying, "Quote unquote, come say it to my face." I find it ironic that he said that because he said that on Twitter, the same platform he used to call out Drake for ghostwriting. So to me. And, you know, as much as I said that I give all respect to Kid Cudi for admitting that he had an issue, in the terms of rap, wouldn't the smart and logical thing to do would be to put your anger on wax and to diss Drake for being a ghostwriter? And if that's the case, prove how strong you are on the pen by writing about how much better you are than Drake as a rapper, if that's the case. Because, you know, by expressing it on Twitter, you're not really helping the cause any any further by, you know, using your Twitter fingers, so to speak. And I'm not even trying to aim shots at cut. I'm just speaking in generalities. I feel like a lot of people in this generation are, are afraid to go on wax. And if Cuddy is really stating how whack Drake is by not being able to write his own uh, writing his own rhymes allegedly, then call him out for it on wax. Don't do it on Twitter because that's such I hate to, I even hate to say this term, but I feel like it's such a millennial thing to do, so to speak. So why don't I just call him out for it, you know, on wax? Do what the MCs do and prove how strong your pen game is and diss Drake. Just go at it from that perspective. I at least appreciate Drake for going at Cuddy on the MC level. He called him out on wax. That's what you're supposed to do as a rapper, as an MC. So why not take that approach rather than going on Twitter about it? That's all I'm trying to say. He's actually trying to say, come say it to my face, you know, that's trying to incite violence and everything. Because that's when you say to somebody, come say it to my face, that's very confrontational. We know where that could lead to. So instead of that, just say, new track coming out next week, bomb. All of a sudden, you have everyone's attention in the positive manner. But he didn't do that. So I can't really feel sorry for Cuddy in this moment, especially when, A, he's a, he was the one who, who started it, and, B, when he actually responded back during his rehab stint. So we'll see where this turns up. But do you guys agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. So with all that being said, it is time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. So let's hit it. Yes. So because it is Halloween, I have to celebrate a group who does a lot to go above and beyond when it comes to their costumes and garb in their music videos and such. And I am talking about the Wu-Tang Clan. Now, I know I played some of their songs uh, the last couple of weeks for the, th- for the Flashback Friday track of the day, but I felt it was fitting that I had to do it for tonight because of the fact that they were... To me, they're pretty revolutionary when it, when it came to their outfits and music videos. I think... How they dressed in some of their videos was very unique and very different. For example, in uh, The Art of Chess Boxing, they dressed up as ninjas and were carrying around ancient Chinese martial arts weapons while in the videos as well. Um, There was a video, what what video was it called? Um, 
what was the name of the I can't remember the name of the video, but it was off of the W album. And they did it in two of their songs, basically. One of the songs, and it's killing me that I can't remember the name of the record, where they're dressed up as, you know, cavemen from like early, you know, t- 10,000 BC, basically. So I give props to them in, in terms of their innovation for, for their outfits and their aesthetic and what have you. So on that note, I got to play one of their most gruesome records ever. And I feel like this fits the Halloween vibe. I got to play Bring the Ruckus. So when we come back, we got Wanks of the Week. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yep. Yes, yes, y'all. We're here to bring the ruckus in a major way because it is your man, DM Cool. And you're now tuned into Cool Radio. So you guys already know what time it is of the show. And uh, before I get to that, I want to get some updates right now on the Raptors game. So with that being said, uh, I'm here to let you know that it is 94-91 Cleveland with one second left in the game. Ugh, ugh. Do we have the shot? I don't know if we have the ball in possession right now. So, like, I'm kind of on the edge of my seat, basically. I don't know what's happening, but it looked like the clock stopped. But nonetheless, I'll probably find out after this broadcast is over. But nonetheless, I still got to get to business. So, with that being said, who has entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to a collection of people who work under this organization. Ladies and gentlemen, the Wankster of the Week goes to the NBA franchise, the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, they're not getting the Wankster of the Week because they had an incredibly crappy season last year. And they're not getting the Wankster of the Week because they've had a crappy owner for the past four years. No. They are getting the Wankster of the Week because they prevented uh, R&B singer Seven Streeter from performing the national anthem of the United States of America because of the fact that she wore a jersey that had the words on it, We Matter. Now, I'm going to give you some more context and detail into how this arised. So basically, it was opening night for the Philadelphia 76ers, and there was a bit of hype coming into the season because of the fact that they got the number one overall draft pick, Ben Simmons, and also because of the fact that their draft pick from 2014, Joel Embiid, is now ready to play a full NBA season, and also because of the fact that they are playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that will be heavily watched this season because of the play of Russell Westbrook, who is slated to be an MVP this year. Now, with that being said, Streeter was invited to perform the national anthem, and basically she was all set to go, uh, but with two minutes remaining until she was all set to perform the national anthem, she was stopped by Philadelphia 76ers representatives who told her that she would not be able to perform the anthem with the jersey that she was wearing that stated, We Matter. Now, she went on to Twitter to, you know, accentuate her displeasure uh, of the entire moment, basically saying how she was stopped by uh, members of the Philadelphia 76ers organization who told her that she was not allowed to perform that despite the fact uh, that she was ready uh, to sing the anthem, that she was preparing for it, and that was a huge moment in her career. But they decided to pull that up, pull her away from doing that because of the fact that she was wearing a shirt saying, we matter. And then to defend themselves, they basically stated in a statement stating that they want to create an, an atmosphere that is family-friendly and that isn't going to be seen as divisive among the crowd. I'm going to call bullshit on that because of the fact that we matter 
is nowhere near divisive. Now, pardon me for playing the race card or drawing the race card, rather. But had this been, let's say, Taylor Swift, for example, wearing a jersey stating, we matter, would they have pulled her away from doing the anthem? I don't know. One person, a.k.a. me, would like to think that they wouldn't because it would probably signify a message like all lives matter, for example. Now, a lot of these people are being very nervous and antsy because of the fact of what Colin Kaepernick started in the NFL with the protesting of the anthem. But in this scenario, Streeter wouldn't have been protesting. She's basically just saying, uh, wearing a shirt that says we matter. It, it didn't even say black lives matter. It didn't even say all lives matter. It just said we matter. And you can use that as a double entendre to say, uh, to accentuate the fact that black lives do matter because of the fact that they're treated as if they don't. And also, you can use it as a generality saying that we all matter in the grand scheme of things. But because she's black, and I guess because the jersey was black and it was in white writing, it was to signify something else. And I find that very hypocritical that you want to say that you want to create a product that's family-friendly and you don't want to be divisive. Yet the fact that the product you present uh, is a product that in, fact, that, in fact, has a collection of people within the African-American community who are being affected by that. If these guys weren't who they were, if they weren't seventy feet, seven feet tall, weren't able to dribble a basketball or shoot a basketball or even touch that parquet floor for that matter, then they would be in the same predicament as those people who are getting shot every day on television, basically. But no, you want to create a family environment that isn't divisive when you have a person who is explaining the fact that she is tired of seeing people being shot at for no reason. Now... There is this alleged rumor going around that the Philadelphia 76ers put out uh, a waiver for her to sign stating that she can't have any type of political propaganda on her outfits or anything like of the sort. For now, that is alleged because we don't know who was saying what and whether that's true or false. No one has confirmed that. So I'm using that as a cop out for the time being until proven otherwise. But nonetheless, because they got so much backlash from the players the coaching staff, and the fans especially, and even some people in the NBA themselves, they issued out an apology, and they basically stated to her that she can come to any game that she wants and perform the anthem for whichever game of her choosing, but she has yet to respond back with a statement. And if she, refu if she refuses their offer, I don't blame her for it because they left a very bad taste in her mouth. And it left a very bad taste in everyone's mouth because this is something that wouldn't have been an issue had you let her perform the anthem, but because you didn't, because out of your own fear, due to your own ignorance, you now made it an issue. And that is your fault and your fault only, Philadelphia. So I got to give you the wankster for that. Do you and the entire Philadelphia organization, uh, sorry, 76ers organization deserve that wankster? Of course you do. And I'm sure I can ring a Liberty Bell to that on any given day of the week. Kevin Hart, Kyle Lowry, and Rocky Balboa are very ashamed of you all. And I'm going to give you that wankster just like this. You deserve it. Now, before we uh, head off the air for tonight, I am going to announce the score of tonight's game. And unfortunately, our Raptors went down in defeat 94-91 to against the Cleveland Cavaliers. No shame in the game. It was a very close affair, as you can see by the box score. I'm going to go home and watch the highlights, see what went wrong, see what we did well. But nonetheless, good game from the Raptors, and hopefully we can pick it up uh, next game, basically. 
But nonetheless, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. I want to thank y'all for uh, uh, accepting my tardiness, but I guarantee that it will not happen next week. And next week, we have a very special guest. He goes by the name of Koi Kareem, and he has his own app called Zong Bytes, which is a Canadian app used for streaming Canadian artists. So we're going to talk about how we got into that and a whole lot more. And I got a whole line of guests of stringing up for this month or sorry for november and as well as december so i'll keep you posted on that but nonetheless as always cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies make sure you follow us on twitter soundcloud and youtube at cool underscore radio and like us on facebook at cool radio keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace cool.